What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. I know it's been a couple of weeks. Tim and I each moved uh, our living arrangements. Arrangements. There we go. Words today. Uh, so we did have to take a little time off, but we are back full force. Got some fun episodes in the lineup for you. So today we start with some fun business updates. We have a little chop up, fun conversation as always. Right into our updates, I talk about new packages, pricing. You know, I got uh, some different things I'm doing with TikTok. I haven't dabbled in that as much as I need to be, uh, but doing that now, talked about some virtual rehab sessions. A successful one that I had was a very fun uh, story to tell. Uh, then get into tips. I talk about fueling the proper energy systems based on the work slash workout you are about to put your body through. You want to feed yourself appropriately to the work you're going to do. And then I talk to all of our golfers out there. What kind of meal, how should you properly eat before a full round of 18 holes on the course? And then I finish with book talk, how to make great decisions by Father Mike Schmitz and how we can't know the future, but we can know our next step. So I round things out with that. Tim, where do you take us today? Yeah, great episode today. Uh, Give some updates on my business, um, some career coaching uh, strategy that I'm developing, some systems that I'm building there. Um, just released uh, a new set of step-by-step LinkedIn instructions, uh, actionable, um, clear, comprehensive steps that you can use to maximize your presence on LinkedIn and with screenshots and, and how to update everything. So just finish that for you guys. Um, and then for, for resume tips and interview tips, talk about how to answer the question. Tell us about yourself, how you can kind of use that question to kind of take take direction, take control of the interview and, and, and guide it in a way that, that sets both of you up for success. And then uh, from there, I talk about Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people, uh, the three central values to life, uh, experimental, creative, and attitudinal, which we will explain what those three are, how they're interconnected, and how you can use those three to be successful in your everyday life. So yeah, I think you guys are going to love this episode. Uh, We appreciate you listening always. Without further ado, episode 189. Why'd you let us have power tools? What's that from? Um, Step Brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Can we make bunk beds? Because we we don't care what you do. It's your room. So, can we? (laughs) No power tools. Um, First, what are you going to say? I said he was uh, what's his name John C Riley is that his the other the guy who played uh, Daryl, I think so. He's a uh, yeah I think he, right. he's Jerry Buss in that that Lakers, uh, not documentary but movie on HBO Max. Oh, he, you were talking yeah, about that. I, it's I interesting seeing it. him play. Yeah, he's a, he's a good fit for that position. But um, yeah, dude, that movie is funny. So that scene I had read when they're like, oh, so many activities. Like in Step Brothers, when they're doing that scene, uh-huh. I think that was all improv. Oh, really? Yeah, I read somewhere that they, and that's why it's kind of like a little bit of everywhere. It's kind of sporadic where they keep saying mm-hmm. so many, so much room for activities. They say it like a few times. Yeah. I think they're using that to think of, all right, where are we going next? Because it was all kind of improv, at least yeah. that scene. Authentic. It yeah. makes you feel like you're like actually on the wall, <laughs> right. fly on the wall when they're But I love doing when... It. Uh, you read, you know, whether it's like the AMC show notes, if you're watching something on AMC, you know, they'll have like an inf, uh, like a tip or not tip, but kind of info on a certain scene of the movie. And like in Dark Knight, um, when the Joker is walking out of the hospital and he blows it up, 
mm-hmm. and there's a few explosions and they stop. I guess there was like something that a delay or some sort, it uh, something went wrong real quick with the explosions, and that's why he turns around and he like throws his hands up and he just plays it off, like and he's like tapping the detonator button and he's shaking it like against the batteries, and then it blows up again, and like that was improv because it was supposed to all blow up at once, like yeah how it did and then it stopped and then he turned good. he turned around and he's just kind of like throwing his hands up like classic yeah why isn't my shit blowing up yeah and then he's like clicking the button and it goes again you see him kind of like get surprised and i just think it's like i love finding those things out in movies when something is improv mm-hmm. it didn't go as expected and they just keep going with it yeah like it's uh days and confused matthew mcconaughey his all right all right all right like that was off the cuff that wasn't mm-hmm. scripted that was you know in his book he was talking about all right who who is my man like that's his thing in movies who is the man mm-hmm. and how am i gonna portray that and he goes who is this guy wooderson like he's kind of this cool guy a little older but still cool around town and they yell go or uh, action and he said he just drives up and that's the first thing he's like all right all right all right <laughs> I love and, it. and that was like now it's the most iconic phrase yeah like so iconic just, phrase with you it's made a very big with, impact with the on world you. tim <laughs> with everyone not just me but with me especially you say it the best second best behind mcconaughey yeah, I, yeah. god that's yeah. the nicest thing i've ever heard yeah um but yeah, so I think that's fun. Uh, Dark Knight Rises is on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's trying to get down on that. See, yeah, Netflix, they, uh, I feel like they know when people are going to unsubscribe because mm-hmm. then they'll put good shit back on there. They hook it's them like, back in. Yep. 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 Just like when a company knows an employee's about to leave or take a position, they give them the, the handcuffs and give yep. them a, a promotion. A little more money. Yeah. Mm. Mm. See the writing on the wall. Here's a little more. Yeah. Just to make you happy. Yep doesn't set in until you realize what it's going to be like when you don't have those people anymore. Yeah, it's like, damn, I got got. Golden handcuffs. Man, I know so many people uh, that they even say it out loud. They're like, oh, yeah, I got the golden handcuffs. Like, good benefits, good that. I don't really like the job people are okay to work with, but, man, everything else, it just keeps me locked in. I'm like, man, teach their own. Yeah, very common. Very common with the people I work with. There's there's a lot of people who I'll, I'll write resumes for who mm-hmm. they may not even end up applying for a job or, or leaving their company or they may not even uh, they may not start the process until a couple years later. Um, really, the guy people that I helped two years ago, they're like, I'm about to start the process. Thank you again for hmm. for helping me. Dang. It's interesting, yeah. It, like when now when you when you come across that, does your consultation ever kind of turn into the conversation of like why wait two years like what do you really want to do if you're not enjoying this Mm -hmm. they say the golden handcuffs does it ever turn into um man like what do you want to do then yeah like what are you doing yeah i think that the biggest one of the biggest because i do ask that question one of the biggest reasons is i think there's a little bit of guilt involved too like people will be at a company for a while and Mm -hmm. they'll uh they'll like either coordinate a project or implement a program there or something that they created from scratch and they just feel like if they leave, they're just kind of dropping, dropping it on someone else to do and, mm-hmm. and something that they created and mm-hmm. something that they created. And yeah, so that, that's, I think that's a big reason why mm-hmm. people do is they feel like 
they, they feel bad that the company's not in a good position to pick up a program or project that they left off, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense, honestly. But um, yeah, there's always a way to, to train people on something. I obviously like each project's different, but yeah. if you have a, a set of procedures and policies and, uh, and if you engage with people one-on-one before you leave well mm-hmm. enough, I think, I think you should be fine, but yeah. Yeah. And I like, yeah, the guilt thing's tough. I get it. Like you start something, maybe that company did treat you well. Like mm-hmm. maybe you didn't hate every aspect of it. Like some people just hate every aspect of corporate, mm-hmm. but if you're at a company, like you did each other right. Um, I get it. Like leaving is almost guilty. Like, Oh, but we all took care of each other. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like that business is going to keep going tomorrow. The day when you leave a year after you leave, mm-hmm. like, you know, every, almost every position is kind of a revolving door. Mm-hmm. My brother had, had that guilt when he was leaving Valio for this and Krupp. He's like, man, like someone's, someone else is going to have to take all my work too. And I'm the one who knows how to do all these things the best. Like, mm-hmm. and I told him, I was like, dude, I get it, but yeah, do the things for you. Like mm-hmm. be selfish as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do sometimes. Like we want to keep giving back to what's given to us, but like at the end of the day, for your job, like your career, you want to make sure it's the best for you and you enjoy it the most. So if you got to leave, you just got to leave. Mm-hmm. And people will appreciate, I think, cutting the head off the snake quick. Like, hey, did this. I'll help train whoever on this project, but I'm leaving. Yeah. And just don't give them the option of, oh, I'll give you a little more money. It's like, no, like if you're still getting paid somewhere else and uh, they're giving you a pay raise, you're going to like the work better. You, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Like eventually that extra little cash on your current job is going to just get belittled. Yeah. And also just leaving a job. Like, I mean, this has turned into a, a resume career tip section, but yeah, when you're leaving a job, like be direct and upfront and be like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that this position and this company's in good hands. After, like once I leave, mm-hmm. like I, and be, be vocal about that. And, mm-hmm. Maybe it's one of those things where you can like negotiate depending on what your next opportunity looks like or when you start that next opportunity. Like you can negotiate with them on like ask them like how long will it take in your opinion to to full to fully train or, or develop a system for, for when I leave. So and kind of come to terms there. And yeah. that way there's mutual agreement. There's there's no ill will from either side leaving. Right. Um Yeah, you're trying yeah. to set them up well before you leave and Yeah. Every yeah. situation is different, but you want to be professional, you want to be direct and um, just do whatever it takes to, to leave it in good hands. So Yeah. Man, I love when I quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> that was so much fun. Then I got laid off the job after that sucked. But quitting your job, I had a blast. You did? Dude, I was I was honestly nervous as hell. Were you? I was I was I was dreading it, but um Well I think you enjoyed your experience a little more than I did. No, I'll say this. I'll say this. Sending the email because what I did is I sent an email mm. letting them know and then we scheduled a call. I was, it was a lot more fun writing the email. I was not looking forward to the call because I, I just, I don't know. Oh. But I walked in my boss's office, sat down, gave two weeks, baby. We out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was confident that I was going to be fine with my business. Like I knew that, but yeah, I had just never done it. Like when you, I'd never done anything like that before. So mm. it was like, it was such new territory, mm. but yeah. Yeah. I've quit a few jobs. Yeah. But also like I was halfway out the door already. So it made yeah. it easier like like it made it a lot whole lot easier mm-hmm. but yeah i remember that one i go in my boss's office i was like hey man you got a few minutes yeah sure take a seat we had recently talked in a 
uh, performance review about me, you know, where I wanted to go position wise, what I wanted to do, if I was going to stay in that role, mm-hmm. move on elsewhere. And up to this point, I had been taking like burning my PTO to go train with a chiropractor that I started working with after yeah. that. So I would do half days on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh-huh. And oh, dude, it was the bomb. You played it right. You yeah, really did. It, it was the bomb. Yeah. And so I sit down. It's like, hey, I'm actually here to give you my two weeks notice. And he's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, man, two weeks. Um, I'm going to be gone like this and that. And, you know, what do you need from me? What do you need wrapped up? And it was pretty, he was cool about it. Like he, I think he kind of knew but he's like, oh, what are you going to be doing? And I tell him, he goes, oh, that's wildly different. I was like, yeah, I've experienced in that too. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I think I, I need to, what I'm called to do and where I need to go. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I thanked him for everything. Appreciate it. You know, this yeah. and that. And that was it. Yeah. Then those next two weeks were coasting. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the thing as well. Like for in every situation different of how long it'll take to kind of like transition to the next person or leave whatever. But mm-hmm. for me, two weeks was way too much to, to do what I needed to do for the job. Like I could complete it in one. So oh. I just remember leaving, like leaving that job and knowing that I was going to, to, to go all in on my business. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I was grinding those two weeks a lot on my business because oh, yeah. I knew that it was the, uh, it was about to be a cra- crazy jump. But well, yeah. And you weren't staying. No. So like me. Yeah. I wanted to do what I could to, set them up for success like what i just explained but yeah i was like man i am like back against the wall now so moral of the story quit your job everybody it's a good fucking time (laughs) quit that job figure it out later yeah go on vacation (laughs) actually definitely have something lined up before you quit your job or have a vision at least like have like have some type of vision of where you're going next and have like a blueprint Mm -hmm. of how like somewhat of a blueprint of how you're gonna reach it but yeah, it is easier to find a job when you have a job. Mm-hmm. I know people that have quit before getting something else lined up, and then it's near impossible. Yeah. It's like, what do you, I mean, yeah, it might suck, but I lined up something before I quit. Like, it was a for sure thing before I quit my job, because what happens if that other thing falls through, then you're not getting paid either. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, I know someone who, who just did that quit, don't have a plan, don't have a new job yet. And it's like, well, good luck. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, you had a tougher one with the phone call, you said. what? A, what's another uh, tough conversation you've had? Like, work-related. Any tougher uh, boss conversations? Um, Or what's one of the harder types of conversations that, yeah, not that we need detail. But I'm intrigued by this by this topic. Yeah, I would just say, like, when I knew that I messed up, Mm -hmm. like, being able to, like, admit that at the same time and fix it and do it professionally because I was, like, bad at myself. Like, I've had moments moments like that where um, I just, like, I identified, like, a a marketing investment that didn't pan out well or something like that and Mm -hmm. have conversations like that. Um, I would just say, like when like tough conversation with someone doesn't have like the same like viewpoint as as you about something and Mm -hmm. like you you speak to the employees and you have feedback from them but like people at the top level they don't speak to employees as much as what you did and they 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 have a vision of what's best for the company Mm -hmm. um but you 
I mean, you got to leverage like what employees value and what their opinions are, but yeah. making sure it's a good decision for the company as a whole. It's, it's a balance to strike, but yeah, yeah different stuff like that. Um, yeah. An- another type of conversation that I just thought of it. Uh, when I worked in finance at J and J, they had like so many different like reports and files that had to be delivered by like a certain time. Like, cause when they would close their books for like on a quarterly basis and when they'd have to report financial results to like top leadership, there were like a thousand different deadlines and like different files you had to do. So yeah. there was this one time where like I messed up like royally on a, on an Excel royally. file and the math was like totally wrong, like wrong enough to the point where like it was going to like impact like a decision at like a higher level. Oh, and dang. then when it finally came back that like came back down and like, they realized there was a mistake and the conversation I had to have with my manager, that was tough. Cause I was really? like, Oh my gosh. Like I know, like was I made manager- it, I, I made a mistake, but I'm like, at the same time, there's like a million different things. And like, like we're working like, like 70 hour weeks here. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Th- things are going to mess up. But I felt, I felt so bad. And like, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I do not want to work. <laughs> I don't so want to work they, this job. they caught it before the yeah. decision was made? Because at a company like J&J, there's like a million different levels of like what yeah. things go up. And they didn't get to the top, top level, but it got to like our the controller okay. of, uh, yeah. J&J, it's, it's a complex like corporate structure, but well, it was pretty high up to the point where... And you were an intern at that point. Yeah. So it's like expectations can't be extremely high like you're still in school yeah and i was like young young enough to the point where like i was just like i didn't know any better like i just thought it was like the end of the world and i was gonna get fired and oh damn yeah that, that's but it's like shitty, to, <laughs> shitty situation to be in but yeah that stinks man. tough conversation to own that but, but like yeah i always appreciate someone who owns it like if you, like i'm a man of ownership if i fuck up i fuck up i'll tell you yeah like hey that was me that was my fault um, yeah I will. I will fix it to the best of my ability. Yeah. That's all you can do. Like, uh, just a dumb. It's such a dumb thing to. Just it was like a math issue. It's like it all comes down to like math. So was your manager? I'm much more than I'm much more than mathematical skills. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's why you run a business now. You don't do math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was your manager pissed or just like, hey, this happened? You could tell that not pissed, but like frustrated. Like frustrated, but mm. like, hey, we got to fix this type of thing. Like, fix it quick. Okay. <laughs> Man, I think people in like certain, not all corporate situations, I'm not trying to shit on corporate, but there are people I think in certain roles where they almost want something to go wrong. So they have something Mm -hmm. to be mad about, something to be frustrated about. When I was at Simon, one lady, not even in my department, like it was like my second month. I didn't know shit. Mm -hmm. And she tries to like get me in trouble with my uh, direct boss, her boss. They had this meeting and I wasn't even present and I just made the smallest of errors. Mm-hmm. No life or death decision was about to be made. Uh, I've requested information. Like, and she didn't like how I did it and tried to get me in trouble with three, two, three other people. I'm like, are you shitting me? You're like 45 the fuck years old. Let's act like it. Yeah. Like if you got an issue with something I did, like address it to me. Not like I'm a man. I can take it. Mm-hmm. If I mess up, I mess up. Like I've also been here for two months. So... Mm-hmm. What do you expect? Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, man, they just want something to be angered about. Yeah. But sounds like the manager wasn't super pissed, but mm-hmm. it's also like, man, what, what do you expect? They've never done this before. You never did that before. Yeah. And it's like, it, it really reframes your mind. Like what's an actual problem and like, what isn't mm-hmm. like, 
like when you're in a corporate setting, like you kind of lose sight of like everything else around you too, of like what like real problems are, mm-hmm. um, and like life problems. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, at least <laughs> I kept on. I remember I kept on telling myself, it's like at least I'm just alive. At least my family's alive. <laughs> like I was like put it into that type of perspective. I'm like, damn. There's so much more to this. Oh man, J and J got you wound up. Yeah. But that's that's why uh, that's why I am where I am now. <laughs> mm-hmm. If not for that one conversation with your manager, yep. Thank God you fucked up some numbers, Tim. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what kind of business updates do we have for you, Tim? Yeah. So just a couple quick ones. Thank you for asking. Hey. You're, um, welcome. you're welcome. Yeah. So obviously, I have like resume writing, cover letter, LinkedIn, and I do some career coaching, like. But it's mostly like interview prep and just general discussions mm. about what types of jobs to apply for. So I actually just completed like a full holistic, comprehensive, like career coaching blueprint of like 15 different exercises that I can walk through someone like impacting like different areas of their career, like okay. um, defining a vision, like a direction of where you want to go with your career, um, a game plan of how to get a promotion at work. Uh, a game plan of how to transition from a corporate setting to running your own business, a game plan from transitioning from running your own business, going back into corporate, trying to like conjure up all different situations that a career professional might go through. Hmm. And I've got like a full exercise game plan of like what I will do with them, what they need to do on their end. And, and at this point I'm kind of just like, I'm grouping it and structuring it into formal pricing packages as well. That's kind of the final step. So okay. getting that formed. Um, cause I've had a few people reach out to me like directly now on like really wanting to start like a career coaching and I'm in the process of working with some past resume writing clients transitioning to that. So getting that formalized has been, has been good and kind of doing like a revamp there. Yeah. Um, and you so, said that's mostly a lot of interview prep. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I've been doing in the past, like yeah. interview prep. Yeah. Uh, coaching people on on based on what their experiences where like guide them on the types of jobs that they'd yeah. like to apply for and kind of speaking with them th- with that this is more like holistic every type of situation of every type of professional that i could run into so will they with this are you trying to be on like retainer with people almost like uh i want to say like lawyer retainer but they'll pay you a small monthly and then hit you up when they need you like or have you not thought of how you're gonna structure that yet well i think i'm gonna structure it is i'm gonna i'm gonna price them like package and then like a single price for a package i'm not gonna do like a retainer like hourly type of thing okay Okay. um i'll kind of that's kind of like the second fold to it but just like something that i can market to people up front and know what they can expect to pay at, at first so okay. they have a general idea. So like this, like this package of exercises and part of like molding your career is this much, this, this, and this. So okay. start with that, and then maybe evolve into retainer. Like so you might have calls and zooms in this package. You might, yeah, and okay. define like, hey, this is this is the amount of, of time or meetings or hours we put in this. Anything above this will be X per hour. Maybe I do that. Okay, but cool. That's kind of the step I'm doing now. Is like pricing nice. it. Um, yeah, a little more executive. Uh, kind of higher yep. end coaching. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And yeah, just keeping it general, keeping it at a high level. Yeah. Just, just trying to like r- take inventory of like how I should price more of what I do. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a, a challenge that I'm facing right now. And we, we've discussed offline, like some, some different stuff of, of how I can price some things. And yeah, it's, it's, it's tougher than I realize Cause I'm like overthinking everything and um, 
trying to like really really take inventory but yeah well it's been good pricing good exercise pricing is hard that's good man i think that's awesome that you're getting into more like that like coaching coaching Mm -hmm. um and having a blueprint where they know what they have to do you know what you have to do and everyone knows like what their job is Mm -hmm. do your thing i do mine this works Mm -hmm. one of us doesn't come through on that it's it's not gonna work Mm -hmm. um so i think having like Making it clear is good. So your blueprint sounds pretty top yeah. notch, which no surprise there. But yeah, nice way to have it mapped out. It's good to have something in place. And then yeah, lastly, uh, revamped my LinkedIn profile creation instructions. Which um, is it on our Patreon yet? Um, trying Getting to think there. if I did upload on the Patreon. You sent me something that I uploaded. Yeah, the it's I'll the step by step instructions. I'll double check. Sent to you at Le Peep. It should be. Yeah, should be. So yeah, oh, yeah. I, full Peep. full instructions on like how to update and optimize your LinkedIn profile with screenshots, step by step, um, tips on like what type of content to put in there. Created mm-hmm. that. Reach out to me directly if you want that. I'll give it to you. But most likely, you should just subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, Patreon.com forward slash OTDR five dollars a month gets you hella good things we got training uh workouts 12 week weight loss muscle gain tim's linkedin uh tips how to build that out we got a lot of good stuff coming we're working on a book we're gonna have a few different tiers but we do have one ready to roll things are uploaded we got some different content ideas so yeah patreon.com forward slash otdr check that shit out give us a little likey like a little subscribe scribe and we'll keep doing a little talky talk i love it um thank you yeah absolutely sharing that uh-huh so yeah you're welcome that's those are my updates for today nice um yeah the the pricing because uh, i think that's a good topic and something i've struggled with too is like charging too little mm-hmm. but you need reps so like no matter how much education you have you need the reps but we've talked i sell more packages than one-off things like my rehab appointments i don't sell packages because i can't tell someone how many rehab sessions they'll need training I have different tiers of packages, like you can buy like six, eight, 10, 12 at a time. And uh, so I'm about to increase my prices again, but uh, packages where they have a little discount off if they were like 12 at my hourly, it's not just straight 12 at the hourly. Like you shave a little bit off, give them incentive to buy a bunch and you get more. So doing that, but, and you've, uh, obviously seen this where you have to create a package of something you didn't think you'd have to create yet right until someone asked for it then it's right. like oh i never thought of offering that like i have couples training packages i never thought i would train couples mm-hmm. um to where it's like okay how do i price that out price that out what's what's my time attention you know now there's two people instead of one okay how is that going to come into effect um, and then longer duration like we've talked about some different things, how to get people, you know, pay up front or plans, how to price that out. So it's um, it's kind of fun though to see what people come up with on what they want, and it's like, oh, I have to create a package for this, yeah, because I don't have one. Um, but it's it's cool, it's fun to see, like, one what people will pay. Mm-hmm. Like people got it. Yeah, people will pay. As long as they know like what they're gonna pay for is good shit. Yeah. So and they want to know like what what do ideal results look like? Mm-hmm. Are you capable of doing this? Where have you done this before? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, pricing is tough, uh, but you know, if you're good, you get results. 
get paid what you're supposed to get paid. Yeah. Tell people what the price is. Don't don't haggle. Don't like you're not there to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Your time and, and value and experience is it is what it is. So yeah. the dollar is what it is. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of one of my updates. Doing uh, new packages, uh, which is cool. Got another consultation coming up where it's training and nutrition. And so, you know, I have timelines for, I only do three month minimums for nutrition anymore. So that's kind of one thing I've implemented that's newer. I allowed people to do one month at a time and that just, it's not good for anybody. Um, it's not good for me, not good for them. It's hard to get certain results within 30 days uh, unless it's just a massive aggressive weight cut. But even then I have to bring people out of that. So I'm like, okay, I'm done with this one month bullshit because I don't want someone saying, oh, I didn't get results. It's like, well, you only allowed me 30 days. Mm. So now it's three month minimum and prices went up, timeline went up. But it's like, if you really want the results, you got to give me time to get you there. Uh, but now I have like training and nutrition packages where people want the whole thing. So they got, that gets juiced up. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know, creating different things. Canva Pro now. I'm in Canva Pro. Let's go. Let's go. I like that a lot. Access. Yep. Uh, you know, welcome packets, welcome emails, capturing emails, using Google Forms and Docs a lot uh, for all my stuff. So it's just kind of getting my systems uh, better aligned. It's what I'm working on with the business coaching stuff. Good. Uh, systems organization which that stuff is hard for me like i'm big picture let me do the work i I can do my job but doing the small nitty-gritty you know creating this form that form like i don't like that shit Mm -hmm. like the busy work yeah but i have to do it yeah like you got to do the boring stuff and that's one thing they preach in at in our mentorship and stuff they're like do the boring work Mm -hmm. because it will set you up for when you want to scale hire a coach you tell them you send this 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 here you go and he, like a blueprint mm-hmm. like so um yeah that's uh kind of what i'm doing now uh also using tiktok a lot more per our conversation with um jose so he was bullish on tiktok i've been posting it's weird like i get a lot more attention on just me hitting a, a lift than a nutrition tip on why you want to increase carbs as the day goes on hmm. so and I think it's entertainment and delivery. I need to be more entertaining with my information. Mm-hmm. Like watching someone do a lift, entertaining to those that like watching that. Mm-hmm. Just watching someone speak, I got to I gotta spice it up. So I might hit up Jose because um, we're kind of trading services. Did some rehab with him virtually, which is tough. Mm-hmm. But I did like a full movement screen, full workup with him. We did breath work. We did corrective exercise all via zoom and i was like damn that is harder than i thought it'd be Mm -hmm. i've done that once or twice but it's been a while but he had hip pain knee pain in his squats he was squatting later that day we went through our things just changing his breathing mechanics and stability he had less knee pain like just doing that alone less knee pain okay cool gave him some exercises he went to the gym that day he texts me i'm about to post about it and he said bro like I didn't have pain and I hit a PR on my back squat. Wow. And most people like day one, I'm like, Hey, I tell people to bring their weight down. Cause like what we do, it feels different when you're weight training. Like at first it's just different mechanics, but he hit a PR that day. And like, mm-hmm. that's not everybody, but people like he gets it. He's not foreign to the gym. Um, he's very self-aware about, about his body. So it helps, helps me do my job better. It's a little easier, mm-hmm. but 
uh, yeah, that's that kind of stuff jacks me up. I'm like, man, I didn't even have to lay a hand on you. I had to do no manual therapy, and we were through a screen because he's in Jersey, and he got out of hip and knee pain and hit a back squat PR that day. Wow. Now, I wish I could do that for every case ever, but that's, but it's one of those where now I know what I can do with the business even through the screen. Mm-hmm. So I can't offer a lot of rehab virtually, but I can start offering it some mm-hmm. in, in those cases. So I don't know how I'll price that out. So back to pricing, it's just new stuff I didn't think I'd offer. Yeah. Like rehab to me is in person, but shit, the result I got with that one day, um, how can I not? Yeah. So, but I did that. Um, and I think we're going to trade services. He offered to help with some TikTok strategy. So I'm going to, I'm sure he'll be cool looping you in on that call. So I'll mm-hmm. just get a time because I need to know what I'm not doing with my informative posts that have good information, how do I make that more entertaining? Mm -hmm. I think I'm entertaining, but when I do that stuff on camera, I think I lose some entertainment value, and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. But like, me off the cuff, I'm freaking hilarious, man. Yeah, you are. But yeah, see? Yeah. See, we're cracking up already. Believe me, he's hilarious We're cracking up. We're dying here. Do not listen to the show. (laughs) (laughs) But so, I'm interested to see what tips he will have uh, to just spicing things up a little bit. yeah i think that'll be good i need attention because he told me he's like after we were done he goes bro if you put stuff like what we just did on tiktok you will explode he goes you have people banging down your door for help mm-hmm. I'm like dude that's that's what i need yesterday yeah like yeah business is picking up but i i have the room and time to get a lot more people on my schedule mm-hmm. so I'll see what he says. I need to hit, probably hit him up today, actually. Okay. And uh, get that lined up because I need to start hammering it correctly. Good. Not just posting to post. Uh, but yeah, with a lot more purpose. It's just like, man, how many filters are there? How many things you can do? There's so many creative ways to make something entertaining. Like mm-hmm. where to start. But anyway, my next step is talking to Jose. He'll tell me where to go from there. Yep. All right. So, oh, before our tips. We're actually first time recording in Tim's new crib. Yeah. Very nice house you have here, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for coming. uh, Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a nice little room, a little setup. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else are you going to put on the walls? I know you said you're going to get some some foam, some sound foam and boards like that. I'm going to mount a TV right up there behind the camera. And then I'm going to get a little piece of furniture here on this side Mm -hmm. to face it. And then I'm going to get some artwork for the wall. Not sure what the artwork is. So nice. Something that's uh, professional, something that's that brightens the room. I don't want to get like dark artwork. I like the fact how light the room is. Yeah. And something that's going to be professional that can be in the background when I create my TikTok videos. Ooh, so, bet. Yeah. God, I can't Very wait. thankful to be here, though. It's been a long journey, especially waiting for this desk to come in. My standing uh, and sitting desk from Ikea came in and been able to hit the ground running nice desk yeah ever since i moved into the house i've been like on the go working not in the office because i didn't have this desk but yeah desk came in and yeah good to go gonna be here a lot more yeah nice all right what kind of uh resume tips do you have for the audience today tim yeah so today's gonna be an interview tip um because along with the resume but uh interview so I want to talk, I've talked on the show before about how, how to answer the, uh, tell us about yourself question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to put like a different spin on that today. Um, a way you can answer that, that allows you to like 
control the conversation because that's the goal. Just to give you a background, like most of the time when you go to an interview, I mean, it's okay to be nervous. Some people are nervous. Some people aren't nervous. It's okay to be nervous, but most of the time, like people frame that tell us about yourself question is like, oh, like how do I answer this right? Like, is there like a right way to answer this? And Mm. I'm going to say there really isn't a single correct way to answer that question. And you don't really have to overthink it that much because here's the thing. The person who's interviewing you, they're most, they might most likely have about 20 things that are on their plate that day. Sure. And they have a million things to do. They got this project to take care of, this fire to put out. And most people don't want to interview people. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, like, you're a great person. You're going to, you're going to be a great addition to the company. Beautiful professional. Great, great. Like just a beautiful person. I'm sure. Great, mm-hmm. great addition to the company. But they most likely don't want to do this interview and talk to you right now because they got a million different things going on. Right. So like when they ask that question, like the way you answer it is like, what do you want to talk about that day in that conversation? They're pretty much asking that question for you to like start the conversation and like get it, get talking about a specific topic. So when they ask you that question, answer it in a way that like on topics that you feel most comfortable talking about. Yeah. And the, and where do you want the conver- where do you want the conversation to go? So you sh- you should know that beforehand when, when they ask that question. So mm-hmm. just an example of things you can say like talk about the skills and the expertise that got you to where you're at today. Like why are you sitting in this chair right now? Like what have you done leading up to this to get you to this chair right now? Um, and then throw in some like unique things that you've done. Like if you worked on a really cool project or worked with a cool client before or something interesting about your work, maybe drop that in. You don't need to like, you don't need to talk like a million minutes about that one thing, but like drop it in so that if they hear it, like they can ask about it if if it sounds interesting. So talk about where you got today and then explain like why you want to work for the company and like, like how you want to utilize your skills to help the company. So focus on the, the the expertise that you're best at and that you can talk about the best because that's the best way to go about it. Like don't, don't overthink it, but just talk about things that you're comfortable with because that's, they just want you to kickstart the conversation and get the dialogue flowing because that's all it really is is yeah. dialogue yeah two-way dialogue so. and like brag mm-hmm. put yourself on the pedestal yeah you're, you're there to brag about yourself and show off yeah it's an interview so they they want the best tell them why you're the best yeah um so yeah i think having the project thing is good like oh i've done this i implemented this i created that that project this marketing piece whatever it may be what are your thoughts on because they're I mean, nine times out of 10, they're going to get into all the specific questions of your skills and abilities Mm -hmm. to do the job. What are your thoughts, Tim, on, hey, tell us about yourself, like doing, uh, telling them more about you outside the office. Like if someone comes up to me and says, hey, tell me about yourself. I'm going to start like, man, I'm a riot. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, I do this for work. I love this. Like, I'm in uh, nutrition coaching and a lot of physical rehab and personal training. I'm good with movement. I love helping people perform better. I love athletes, performers. I want to optimize their abilities and skills as much as possible through movement, nutrition, and training. Mm -hmm. And it's like, then I would talk about how I got into it, what launched me into it. And like, but I'm kind of weird. I got a finance and marketing degree. I didn't Mm -hmm. go for like, so what are your thoughts on? people going outside the office when, hey, tell us about yourself. Like, I think that gets you loose as well. It's like, have fun. Like, they're just people. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just people. They just want to have a conversation with you. Like, you're trying to get them to buy you, basically. Yeah. But, I don't know. Me, I, I can 
talk to a wall, but I'm like, dude, I'm a fucking riot. I yeah. Mean, don't say that in an interview, but I would say I'm a riot, dude. Like, this is why. I'm a good time. No, that's you, a, that's you a great question. Office. Yeah. And how to approach that is like, I mean, do what we do on our podcast. So like when we bring a, a business owner on to our podcast or an entrepreneur, we always ask them like, how has being an entrepreneur positively impact other areas of your life? Mm-hmm. We ask that question. So when, to answer your question about bringing things outside of work, twist it the other way and be like, hey, here are the things I do outside of work and this is how it makes me a better professional and a greater value to your company. Ooh, okay. So like pick out things that you do extracurricular that are healthy, that make you a better person, that allow you to perform well in your job. Mm-hmm. So just if someone, if, if you ask me that question, I would say, I love to be active and I love to be outside and I love to love to spend time with people outside. I love to play sports. I love to compete. And I think because I do that, I'm a healthier person. I have more energy and I'm competitive to the point where I want to be the best version of myself and I want to be the best version of myself to help this company be the best version of itself because yeah. I'm a competitive person. Yeah. And then you could get into like different, like I can talk about cool golf courses I've played. I can talk about interesting experiences I've done through golf. I can mm-hmm. talk about my, my golf career. I can talk about different organizations I've been a part of when, when it comes to, to yeah. sports or community or outdoor stuff. So, And if you're healthier, you have more energy, you can be like, that will make me more productive mm-hmm. in the office. Yeah. Because I do things, I treat myself right outside the office. Yeah. So inside, I will be one of your most productive employees. Yeah. Yeah. Talk talk about things that are that make you like a healthier, like better person to, to do the job. I, I'm sure you got a lot of good Netflix shows, but don't don't just say I like to go home and watch I like to go home and watch Netflix. Like that like yeah. that, that's okay, but yeah. like like think about what's gonna add the most value to this interview and this company. So yeah. I think, yeah, that's, thanks for answering that. Um, Cause it's like, I think people get stiff. It's like, mm. tell us about yourself. <gasps> um, well, I, I did sales for a couple of years and then I was a mar- like, man, loosey goosey, like make them laugh. Yeah. Like I'm trying to like, I haven't had like serious surgeries, but whenever I've had a surgery, I'd goof off with the nurses, like make yeah. them laugh, make them enjoy their time. Like, you know, just making people have fun with what they're doing to your point those people probably don't want to interview you. Mm-hmm. They really don't care. But if you show them a good time for that 30 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever that interview time is, make them have a good time doing it, you're more than likely going to be everyone else. They can You can learn any skill. Mm-hmm. They can teach you anything. Um, you won't know anything about the job anyway. So they can teach you, like, who do they want as a person in and around the office? Mm-hmm. Make them have a good time in something dull like an interview. You all have a good time. You're going to feel good. Everything's loose. Be like, oh, wow. Yeah. I had such a good conversation with Tim. That was a lot of fun, and it was an interview. Mm-hmm. Make that happen. Score. Yeah. And, try, and like, it, depending on how much research you're going to do for the interview, too, like, if you end up researching the company in depth, like, Try to find things that they've done from like a community social standpoint. Like look at different uh, organizations they partner with or volunteer stuff that they've done at a company. They most likely have that stuff out there somewhere, like maybe on their LinkedIn page or they may list like who they're spot, like who they engage with in the community. So mm-hmm. maybe leverage that too. If you see commonality of, of what they do outside of work, try to mirror that with what you do outside of work too. Yeah. So yeah. different stuff like that, like, but at the end of the day, be yourself. Like, don't like 
be yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll spot a front when they, when they hear one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. It's a good one, man. Interviews are tough. Interviews I think are tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're high pressure, but try to make it low pressure. Yeah. Um, all right. Had a couple quick things. So, uh, recently posted about, uh, fueling energy systems when it comes okay. to nutrition and training. So, Energy systems like our body, like fuel or food is, is fuel. So we got to keep the gas tank full, especially when we're performing. But what we're doing in that performance, whether it's, you know, whatever activity you need to eat for that activity, not mm-hmm. just having your macros. Oh, I need this many proteins, carbs, and fats in a day. Okay, go. You need to place those properly throughout your day as well. So if I am weight training, if I'm going for a heavy lift, you know, a, a deadlift max, I want a lot of protein and carbs um, and very little fat. Reason being so that we call glycolytic pathway. There's two energy pathways. Glycolytic, you're gonna, your body's going to use a lot more carbs. So sprinting, you know, quick bursts of energy, quick explosiveness. Um, like I said, weight training, most CrossFit workouts, quick explosive movements. Um, carbs will be your friend and carbs are gonna be your fuel. Uh, if you're running like, four or five miles, longer duration of exercise, uh, that's when you want fat as fuel. You'll go through carbs quicker, but fat is a slow is slow burning in terms of energy. Mm-hmm. So fat is slow. Uh, that's why, you know, I think it's funny that the night before a marathon, a lot of runners will just carb load, which like, yeah, they're going to need carbs, but they kind of neglect fat from mm-hmm. what I've seen. And it's like, you're about to run for three, four, five hours at a time without stopping. Mm-hmm. You need a, a, an energy that is going to burn slower. So um, that's you know more aerobic where fat is going to be your friend. Yeah, some carbs, but you need to last. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you want to make sure you have enough fat in that meal before you do that work. So like feed yourself for the work about to be done. Like don't just throw all the food on on the day and be like, Oh, I'll just eat this then eat that later. Like, no, be methodical. If you want to increase your performance, eat with purpose, like Mm -hmm. plan things out, place things, uh, where they should be placed in your day based on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just think we just kind of eat willy nilly. These are my macros. As long as I get all this in my day, I'm good. No, you can have a really good or really bad workout based on what meal you put before it. Yeah. It can really make a big difference. Yeah, and what like what's I always wanted this too. Like, are there advantages, disadvantages to eating before, during, or after workout? Like, should you do all three? Should you do before, after? Should you do like? Uh, I think the during workout is is kind of lame. Um, lame, lame during the workout. I just don't. Even so, if it's a banana, <laughs> depends. So, like, give me some context. What kind of workout and how long are you going to be doing it? Um. Like, say you're just, maybe you're just playing a game. Like, maybe you're in a game, like a sports event. Would you eat during a sports event? If Like a tennis match, like in between games? Like, would you eat a banana or like eat a piece of fruit? Or- if, if you're hungry and you can stomach it, uh, otherwise that's when gels are good. Mm-hmm. If you're having long bouts, like you're going all day. Mm-hmm. It's like CrossFit competitions, we're doing four or five events in the day. Mm-hmm. I don't eat much solid food. That's when I will utilize things like candy, like very quick sugar. Banana would be good, quick sugar and carb, like fast acting carbs and sugars like that. Um, so I will backtrack. 
intra-workout eating is not lame. It just depends. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I will rephrase. Got a little aggressive on that. It's okay. Um, We're live. Because I've seen... I've seen bodybuilders eat like a piece of chicken in the middle of their lifting session. It's uh-huh. like your body is not going to break that down and utilize that as fuel within the next 30 minutes. Right. Like you're not going to lift for another four hours. Like your body just, it won't do it. Um, so I think, you know, pre-workout meal is very crucial mm-hmm. to where like before workout, 90 to 120 minutes is when you want to get that meal in. Because by that time, your body can break that down, actually use that as fuel. And you will feel it. Like you will notice a difference if you work out when you just eat like 10 minutes before than if you eat like 90 minutes before. Like your body can actually use that and and burn that. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like gels, those are super fast. So that's why marathon runners, they'll do gel packets. Uh, Hard to eat, Mm -hmm. obviously, while you're doing that. But if you're, you know, playing pickup basketball, like three, four hours, you know, have some snacks. Yeah, if you're hungry, eat. If you have a banana, that'll kick in faster than, you know, if I do like a full meal of, you know, steak, potatoes, greens, like body's going to take time to break that down. But gels, you know, quick sugars, cliff bars, bananas, that you'll probably feel a little quicker. But if you're hungry, then yeah, snack. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like, if I'm doing a one and a half, two hour lift session, and I eat, you know, some chicken breast and potatoes like halfway through after an hour, that's not going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. That's just maybe going to make you throw up. Mm -hmm. Like, so that, I'm like, that's, I've seen that. I'm like, that's just dumb. Mm -hmm. I think that's bad advice. Um, But yeah, before your workout, depending what you need, proteins, carbs, fats, plan those accordingly based on the work you're doing. But yeah, 90 to 120 minutes. That gives your body time to break it down. Uh, After your workout, uh, so I have some clients where I will only time their carbs before and after workouts um, because you need to replace glycogen stores, replace what you burned. Um, so carbs also I like post-workout because they will counteract cortisol. So your fight or flight, your go, 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 like you're doing that uh, heavy deadlift, your cortisol is pumping. Like mm-hmm. you're ready for war. Uh, you're on that long run. Maybe not as high cortisol, but your flow state, you have some cortisol, like you are, you're in fight or flight, like you're running. So carbs after a workout can spike your insulin, drop that cortisol, and a lot of people live in that fight or flight response. Mm. So it's high stress, it's chronically inflammatory. So that's another reason I will use carbs with people and myself after a workout, bring that cortisol back down, calm down your central nervous system, and get back to like equilibrium. Like, okay, I'm not ready for war. Now I'm just going to go work a little more. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I'm going to sit on the couch. Like, don't need to be, like, workout, couch, TV, everything's going. Like, that's where we can use food to affect things like hormones as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's a good explanation. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. So pre-workout meal is very important. If you're like, oh, I work out at 5 a.m. I'm not going to eat at 3.30. Cool. Neither would I. That's when the night before your 5 a.m. workout, that night before dinner will become your pre-workout meal. Mm-hmm. So that's when you will increase your carb intake uh, at that meal. Mm-hmm. Um, carb or fat, depending, again, what the work is the next morning. Feed appropriately, increase that macro by about, uh, well, yeah, uh, 30-ish percent. And that will be your pre-workout meal mm-hmm. for the next morning. Because, yeah, I wouldn't have someone wake up at 3.30 to eat for a 5 a.m. workout. No, 
That's yeah. awful. Go to bed at like six. Um, but other thing, I wanted to talk about because um, I've been working with golfers and golf performance is very intriguing to me. I don't know much about golf. Mm-hmm. I'm not that great at golf, but I like to. Uh, but proper meal before a full uh, 18 holes and, and kind of how I'd break that down. Just an example of fueling energy systems. So when you golf, yeah, you have one explosive movement on, on the swing. But outside of that, you're on the course, you know, what, four or five hours. Yep. So that's a long time that you're out there. So I know you take snacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's one. You can snack. You're not going to feel it slosh around in your belly. You're not doing high-intensity work. But if you're like, oh, I'm going to play 18 uh, tomorrow at like noon – all right, so by 10, 30, uh, I would have a meal of a protein and probably equal carbs to fat ratio. Maybe a little higher, maybe like an extra 10 to 15 grams of fat higher than your carb intake. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't want to be starving on the course, but you also need uh, your fuel to last you longer because maybe someone's not going to eat oh maybe they like to eat after they don't want to get hungry fat will keep you fuller longer but it will keep you performing longer Mm -hmm. just because you have that longer duration like so that's when you can use fat a few different ways you still have some explosive movement so you'll you'll work through those carbohydrates um when doing so but again that's when i'd have high protein uh and then some carbs a little more fat than carbs Okay. It is and I can't give people like amounts, specific amounts, because I don't know how much you know someone listening should eat in a day. But that's that's what I would do. A little more fat than carbs, high protein. Mm-hmm. Ninety to one hundred twenty minutes before you're going to play a full eighteen. You're like, oh, I'm going to do twenty seven holes. Okay, then that's when you should have, you know, at least a gel or a banana or. Or something, uh, a cliff bar where there is, you know, what, 10 to 15 grams of fat in one of those as well. But you get like 35 grams of carbs and like 20 something of protein. Mm-hmm. Like that would be pretty ideal if you're going to do 27. If you're going to do 36 holes, have a big boy breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and then still snacks in between. But yeah, that's just an example how I would break that down in terms of energy systems that you're using. But yeah, I don't know what golfers today are eating before a round, uh, but you know, having a little bit of everything, you can get carbs and all that sugars through fruit, but get a protein, whether that's eggs, depending what time you're teeing off, eggs, whatever meat, protein you want, um, carbs, if you don't have intolerances, whatever sits well with your stomach, a couscous, a rice, a pasta, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, fat, you can do something with with peanut butter, you can have avocado, you know, avocado toast with eggs. So there are so many ways to skin that cat, but high protein, moderate carbs, a little more fat than your carbs. Mm -hmm. So for full 18, that's how I would eat beforehand. Okay. So, yeah. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, man. This guy knows what he's talking about. I am so intrigued by working in in the golf community. It's, uh, and my roommate, he's a big golfer as well. I'm with you all the time. You're a big golfer. I've been doing more of it this year, um, but I just, it's performance. Like yeah. I'm just, I'm attracted to performance. How can mm-hmm. I get you to move better, be stronger, hit the ball further? Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. it's unique because it's, I think it's, the, you're probably, 
out of all the sports, it, I mean, except cricket, but it, with sports, it I might be cricket, it, it might be the longest like duration of a of what a game is. Oh yeah, probably four or five hours. Like football games will go three hours, basketball two or three hours. But they have half times. Yeah, they have intermissions. Like in golf, you are on the clock for five hours, and like depending on what the weather is and like how much sweat, how much you sweat during the round, like there's a mm-hmm. lot of nuances that go into nutrition. Yeah. It's, and it's good to see someone like you like in, in investing time and and, and energy into like understanding it and, and making sure you can set people up for success so because yeah. you're performing for that whole time like yeah. yeah at the turn you might take 20 30 minute break but like football basketball they have breaks after quarters then they get to sit on the bench and then they have a long halftime it's like they have a lot of breaks mm-hmm. and they're doing shorter bursts like golf you are consistently moving mm-hmm. and performing so like you drive then either you walk or yeah maybe get in the cart then you walk around the course then you have another, like you are consistently performing for that whole time you're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you have your 12 ounce curls, like you're performing all day. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, man, it's, it's just fascinating to me. I, I love performance and golf to me has been uh, kind of fun to get more into mm-hmm. in terms of like my job. Mm-hmm. Oh, how have the exercises been going? Really good. Like you've been doing the big ball, like half turns yeah. on the wall. Yeah. I've never hit the ball this far before in my Ooh, life she. It, so what's your average and, and it's drive and now? it's it's nice too because like i'm accurate now too i don't and I, i'm not sure the accuracy is because of the it could be it I mean, could be that i'm yeah. i'm chalking that up to skill yeah like you're accurate because you're an accurate golfer. well and like, like because, because i'm doing the exercises i'm turning around the ball a lot better and that could be because i'm hitting it more accurately but i'd say the power is because of that but yeah yeah no i i'm i'm really happy with where my game is at right now sweet how What's your average now? Are you averaging 300 pretty consistently? Yeah, 290, 300 average. But like I'm, I'm hitting, like there are at least two or three drives around where I'm like above 300, like oh, 310, so. 320. But and that's because, um, but that's because of wind, elevation, different sure. stuff like that goes into it because you're never really in a vacuum when you're hitting a drive because it's, right. there's a lot of different variables, but. And when we, when we first went to the range that one day, we got to get a range time actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I think about it. Where was your average then? Because that was what two months ago. I was like months ago. I was like two seventy, two eighty before that. Okay, so before be- we did that, between ten and twenty yards. Yeah, increase. I would attribute yeah fifteen twenty yard increase. Hear that, everybody? Mm-hmm. She. Um, well, that's also like you're doing the things. You're like, what I recommend. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. Like, yeah. Some people don't do their homework. They're like, oh, I didn't get yeah. the results. It's like, listen, <laughs> I don't tell you to do things because I like to be bossy. Yeah. Because I know what's going to work. Well, and when you like, when you take what you tell me, and you and I implement it, and I see results, like you're also not factoring co- like confidence after implementing this stuff. Like once you know how to apply it, like mm-hmm. your confidence will carry you even f- farther than what the exercises already have too. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's when you do it and you see it work, then you're really invested in continuing continuing doing the work yeah definitely oh wow that actually did something okay one that was useful so he knows something two it worked and i'm trying to get better and i just got better from that Mm -hmm. so what else do you got yeah so there's a few things mentally going in into it but yeah man appreciate you doing the work uh yeah you had the little shout out appreciate that Mm -hmm. monday um but yeah man so it's it's fun like that to me it's like hey now you're averaging about 300 where you wanted to be. Like, wasn't overnight, but you're there, mm-hmm. and that that thrills me. Like, that's cool shit. 
All right, let's get down and nerdy with it, Tim. Yeah, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. So it talks about three central values to life. So the experimental, the creative, and the attitudinal. I can't believe I said that right. but well done. The experimental is everything that happens to us that directly affects us. So all the external things that happen to us. The creative is what we ourselves bring into existence. The work we produce, um, the words we impart on others, the gifts we provide, anything that we put out into the universe, Mm -hmm. that's the creative. And then the attitudinal is our response to the experimental, the response to what happens to us, whether it's positive things, um, whether it's, but this is more focused on your attitude and your response to negative things like, like illness, pressure, deadlines, life obstacles, challenges, all that stuff like that. And so if you, what, what I want to take from this is the experimental. So what happens to us is knowing the difference between the things you can control and knowing the difference between the things you can't control. Mm -hmm. So we only have 24 hours in a day, right? We only have a certain amount of energy. So it takes skill to understand like, what are the experimental things that are worth my time and attention to respond to? So that's the first step. So knowing that, and then you really do become the best version of yourself when you can master the creative aspect of this and the attitudinal aspect of it. So mastering what you put into the universe, the positive positivity, good vibes, uh, beautiful work for your clients, beautiful work for your employees, master mm-hmm. that. And then being able to respond to the positive things that happen to you and the negative things that happen to you. So once you understand the difference of the things you can control and can't control, you have that. And then being able to, when the positive things happen to you, not get too high, too cocky, and forget the things that got you to where you're at. So that, but then the negative things, being able to take the negative things and and understand your emotions and then converting those emotions into something productive and something that you can put out into the universe that's positive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, your responses to things. And, you know, I I don't know how I would respond if I had like a terminal illness, Mm -hmm. like something that really like shit really did just hit the fan. Yeah. Like, yeah, we all have negative things, you know, getting to get into it with this person, that person or business stuff, someone steals like whatever. Like, yeah, those are all negatives, but like something like a terminal illness. It's hard to know how we would respond to something like that. Yeah. Um, but I've seen people that, that have and they talk about, oh, it was just, you know, what can I do? And at some point it's, I think they talk about either acceptance and just living with it or you sulk until you die. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, shit. It's, mm-hmm. Either way is kind of depressing, but I guess yeah. you'd rather do the things. Yeah. But do you have any, so we'll kind of lighten the mood a little bit, get off illness. Um, if something goes wrong, you know, someone negatively impacts your business or life just throws a lot at you at one time, um, do you have any certain, uh, let's say for lack of a better term, like coping mechanisms or way that you handle accepting, okay, this is what I cannot control. I have to let it go. Mm -hmm. I can control this. I have to stop focusing so much on what I cannot do even though it really sucks. Mm-hmm. Do you have ways of shifting your mindset to uh, accept that a little easier? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I would just say no, like the realization that you have the power within you to, to solve any problem that's, that's thrown at you. Because mm-hmm. like you wouldn't be where you're at today if you didn't. Like you, we've all been through ups and downs, but we're, I mean, as right now, like we're alive, we're right here because of our ability to solve problems. So yeah. being able to recognize that you have the power within you um, and the information out there to find information to solve a problem, I think is the first step. Um, but yeah, I think you'll find when you when you can block out the things that you can't control, like you'll find that you have more energy to attack these things that you can control and being mm-hmm. able to like size up a problem and know like how big a problem actually is, like that's the first step. Like, yeah talked about it before like if from if a year from now like you're not even going to remember what this problem is or not going to be talking about it it's not worth spending five minutes out of the 24 hours that you have in a day like worrying about it so being able to like kind of filter out and screen those things is like the first step but um and that comes like through experience and that comes through like molding your brain and training your brain to understand like what things are and Mm -hmm. i think as you go through life experiences it'll frame your mindset as to like what problems are what problems aren't yeah. um, so that's like through experience but yeah i would just say like realizing that and then outlining outlining a clear action plan of like what's like one thing that i can do right now to at least get me closer to solving this problem yeah so okay kind of attacking like that because you're one person you can't do a million things at once so yeah um t- attacking one problem like one step at a time i like so. that yeah that's solid advice yeah thank you yeah yeah i think uh <clears throat> I don't know. It depends on, I guess, situation, but doing everything you absolutely can control. Mm-hmm. Like for me, all of guilt, if I know I left something on the table that was controllable, like if, you know, I can't affect someone's decision or emotions, whatever with a deal, anything. But if I did everything that I could do, every single thing in my control and it still went sideways, Like me personally, I'm okay accepting that. That's easier for me to accept. I don't have guilt with that. Mm -hmm. If it's like, oh man, I didn't do everything I could do and that went sideways, then it's like, okay, now I'm going to worry about what I cannot control. But if Mm -hmm. I was the most prepared I could be, did everything I possibly could with what I can control, then I can be a piece of, wow, I did what I could. The rest is not up to me. And for me, that's easier to not worry about uncontrollables. Mm-hmm. If it's like, I, if I did everything in my power and did it to the best of my ability, I, for me, that's easier to let <clears throat> the rest go. Yeah, makes sense. But, I like that. Yeah. Um, hey, me too. But all right. Uh, Book talk for you. Yeah, speak, that's kind of a great segue into How to Make Great Decisions by Father Mike Schmitz. Um, so one, one section, I mean, he's, he's a priest. So this book is, um, you know, very faith and and God driven, but a lot of tools that I think you can take away from, even if you're not that religious. Uh, and one thing was we don't know the future, but we know our past and present. So based on that, we have a, most of us, I think have a pretty good idea of what we're really called to do. Like you have a gut instinct, a gut feeling of like, man, I am supposed to do this corporate job. Oh no, I am supposed to do my own business. And just knowing past, present, all your experience, like we are the culmination of our experiences, uh, you can at least know the next step. And so it's kind of funny, like we were talking about Jose and TikTok. I don't know where to start to make my informative posts more entertaining, but my next step is to talk to Jose. Mm -hmm. I don't know 18 steps after that. I don't know the next step after that. But I know 
my next step right step right now is to talk to Jose. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the future. I don't know like, trying to play chess. I don't know what comes after that. But if you can at least do the next step, uh, there's a lot of power to that. It's just, you know, not to one foot in front of the other, but like take the next step. Mm-hmm. All right. What can I do that I know is in the right direction? Do I have to ask someone for help? Do I have to create this piece of content? Do I need to send this email? Um, do I need to plan this event? Like your next step with within your job for your next job, if you're looking for one, your next step is to contact Tim Allersmeyer um, <laughs> in, in that scenario. But, you know, based on our experiences, we all kind of know where we're supposed to go after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can at least do the next best thing for yourself, for others, for your business, and then you go from there. You mm-hmm. do it again. All right, after that, now what's my next step? All right, I just did that. Same thing, just one at a time. Mm-hmm. Some people like to plan 30 things out. Oh, I do this, then that, then that. Great, if that's the perfect blueprint and it's to a T, do that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, I don't know where to start. What's just the next thing you can do? Yeah. And start there. Okay. Like just baby step it. So... Yeah, we can't, like t- that can't tell the future, but we can help guide it where we want to based on our past and present. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, Father Mike Schmitz. Yeah, focus on the focus on the present, and that ties literally right into what I just said. Like mm-hmm. one step at a time, like the present. Like what can you do in the next twenty four hours? What can you do in the next hour? Mm-hmm. What can you do right now? That's gonna set you up. So, yeah, that's good. All right, Tim. Anything else for our lovely listeners today? Uh, I think I'm good on my end. Thank you for listening. Um, we always love uh, suggestions for future guests, so reach out to us if you have anybody that would be a good addition. And yeah, have a successful rest of your week. All right, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, hit us up on iTunes. Leave us a five star rating and review. Helps us get more visibility, a little more momentum. And yeah, uh, to echo Tim's point, hit us up. We like hearing from you guys, what you want to hear, who you want to hear from, and we'll make sure to try and get it done. And until next time, we are out of here.